Welcome to Positive Productivity, episode 180. The Positive Productivity podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am so happy that you are here to join us today. I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Melissa Seaman. Melissa is an intuitive business strategist and the owner of Genius Incarnate. Welcome, Melissa. I'm so thrilled that you are here with us. Hi, Kim. I'm so excited to be here, too. <laughs> you have such an interesting story, and I'm, I don't even want to give any of it away. Can you share <laughs> where you came from, like what um, the path that has led you to where you are today in being an intuitive business strategist? Absolutely. So I was a Stanford-educated business litigation attorney. I was a Catholic and a strong member of my church. And when I gave birth to my second child, my daughter Clarice, in the year 2000, I accidentally got psychic. <laughs> you accidentally got psychic. I accidentally got psychic. That is how. That is the best way I've found to explain what happened there. When I gave birth to Clarice... You know, my first birth had been a pretty normal, natural, hard working, long lasting, very intense birth. And the second birth ended up being this four hour sort of belly dancing experience that was so delightful. And it literally and figuratively expanded the channel through my body. It just like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It opened something in me that had been. I'm sure open before, but this made it a lot more open. And so after birthing Clarice, I was channeling a lot of energy through my hands, for example, that seemed to heal people's boo-boos. And, <laughs> and it also brought through messages for people that were uncanny and um, I could see and know things. And it was like I could suddenly see this invisible world of energy that surrounds us. And it was such a huge change that it really shocked. It certainly shocked me, but it, it also felt familiar to me. You know, it felt like, oh, this makes sense. But unfortunately, to most of the other people in my life, it did not make sense. Like, here's, here's this really reasonable litigation attorney type person. I mean, I was running an improv theater at the time, too. So I wasn't a completely like straight laced kind of attorney, but people were pretty shocked. People in my life were quite shocked at how I shifted and what I was suddenly doing and feeling and relating. And it was a big change. It was a big change. And it, it took me a few years to feel grounded in these new abilities and to develop sort of a system inside myself for how to channel this, what I now know as genius, through my body and through my mind and let it be magical, but also let it make sense really deep, pragmatic sense. I was introduced to the law of attraction in 2009, and mm. I was also raised Catholic. And I remember just trying to have discussions with people in my life who weren't familiar. Mm -hmm. And it was almost as though I could see the question marks coming out of their head. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? Mm -hmm. But as that journey has gone on, it's been amazing to not only see them becoming introduced in their own way, because it's getting out there more and more. And it's, maybe it's just the ability to connect with so many people all over the world and see what other people's influences are 
as opposed to when I was growing up, and I mentioned when you were growing up, not having all that exposure, we we just didn't see it possibly. That's a really interesting point. Yeah, I mean, things have changed so much and my kids are exposed to so many more viewpoints and cultural perspectives and ways of thinking because of the internet and because of the way technology has influenced education that, yeah, they, in some ways they're a lot more open-minded than I could have been. Oh, it's an absolutely. Point. Yeah. So what happened next? Well, I, I kind of escaped. <laughs> I, I stayed in San Diego. I was living in San Diego at the time. And for the first three years, I just really tried to work it out, and um, especially in my marriage. And after about three years, my husband, who I now call my husband because he's my dear friend and forever co-parent, looked at me and just said, you know, I married a Catholic lawyer. (laughs) Who are you? And so we had a very friendly divorce. And I moved to Northern California from Southern California. And guess what? In Northern California, I was perfectly normal. I was considered just (laughs) absolutely normal. I could say, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm an intuitive or I'm a shaman, or I could use any number of words to describe this gift that I was developing. And people were just like, oh, what kind of work do you, what kind of shamanic work do you do? You know, it was just completely understood. And I lived in a community in the forest on a creek with a bunch of other fantastic hippies. And I did a lot of healing and I dove into these, to my intuitive gifts and my healing gifts. And after about seven years and a lot of stuff going down, just, you know, I was involved in redeveloping another hot springs down the road from where I was living and all kinds of projects and things that I kept myself full and developing with something inside of me kind of popped. And it was like the lawyer woke up. (laughs) It was like the lawyer really woke up in me strongly and said, this is all great. It's great to live in the forest and to heal people at a distance and to do all these miraculous things. But what about the rest of the world? There's so much happening in the rest of the world. There are so many people who are living a more mainstream life, who are also magical people, who really probably need some support even more than the hippies that are living here. And I realized that I couldn't live in a bubble and be happy. I couldn't live on an island and be happy. I just had this longing to have more of an impact in the world. And and I'd healed enough of the split between the lawyer and the shaman selves that I wanted to integrate them and see what that felt like and see how I could be of service. And so I moved back to San Diego. And that was in part with my kids um, needing to be back in San Diego. And I began bridging the worlds and, and making sense of the intuitive gift, making sense of this experience of myself as a channel of something brilliant and, and powerful and bigger than I am, making sense of what I've come to realize as a myself as an instrument, not like I'm not that magic. The magic is what flows through me. I, some people, when I have a great idea, will say, oh, you're such a genius. And I think, well, I'm a channel of genius. That's what I am. And as I work with more and more really uh, powerful business people, executives in Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies, startup founders, guess what? All of these really brilliant geniuses who are creating big things in the world, 
they also know that they are a channel of genius. They know that their best ideas arrive out of nowhere and download into them. And then it's their job to make sense of them and to make them real and to attract the resources and to build them into projects and that create real results. And so this realization, and it's something that I call genius incarnate, is that we are here to incarnate that genius, not just to have visions and feel really woo and work only in the energetic realms of idea and energy, but to but to really receive those downloaded genius ideas and visions, and then to work step by step through creating them as real drawing real people to those projects, real resource to those projects, creating those those visions into real systems, right? Which is one of your specialties, like creating the real systems that can make it sustainable and create real results. And I am completely in love with this map and this concept because I find it very empowering for anyone who considers themselves a channel of creative ideas someone who makes ideas real in the world. You have me just brimming with questions right now. <laughs> because, okay, if she listens, she'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, However, cool. I have a client who does get inspired constantly and she does put it exactly how you said it. She downloads mm-hmm. the ideas. However, she feels like she needs to act on every single one immediately. And it creates a little bit of chaos because we need to, in my opinion, get something finished once in a while and not have 50,000 open projects that we're working on. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. what is your recommendation for people who do have that creative genius and Mm -hmm. are getting those downloads of inspiration all the time? Is there a Mm -hmm. way to stop the sinking for a little bit so you can can get something done before you accept the next? file transfer? I don't know how to put it. (laughs) I love your words. I am one of those people. I have been one of those people after I had my change of life where, wow, there's just so much. Oh my gosh, there's so much. It's so overwhelming. There's so much. There's so much. And when I talk about being a channel of genius, I really mean a channel, like a vessel. And most people who Uh, you just described, who are creative visionaries, who are intuitives, they forget to actually figure out what kind of channel they are, what vessel they are, what are they here to hold, and what are they not here to hold. And when you know that, then it's like you can tune your radio to a certain station and just receive the visions and ideas that you're here to hold and bring through. And so, One of my main tools for that is the soul gift quiz. The soul gift is a concept that speaks to the fact that we're each here to bring through something different. And we each have a sweet spot where, you know, for example, I'm a messenger. My soul gift is a messenger. I'm here to translate. I'm here to bring through messages. I'm here to make sense of of big truths and then create sort of maps and descriptions and empowering written and verbal teachings that people can follow to become more empowered in this 
creative channel, right? But I'm a messenger. So if I get ideas that are not related to my soul gift, I can know that those are for someone else. And as a visionary, I can even write them down and send them to those someone else's because I know what their soul gifts are. So I can send, (laughs) if I have an idea about a new major system and I know I can't bring it all the way through, I hand it to like my friend, Justin, who's a total creator. His soul gift is as a creator. So There are five soul gift types, and each one describes the sort of gift that you as a creative channel might be bringing through, and it just helps people focus. Wow. Okay. So if if she wasn't going to be listening to this episode on her own, she will definitely be sent this episode (laughs) to listen to after this. What I found is almost sometimes that she feels like she needs to get it out right away or else it's going to escape. And it becomes almost a place of working out a scarcity mode because she'll lose it. But I do feel like when we let one go, because we're already working on the one that is really aligned with us and our soul gift, the next one will come when it's ready to. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a more effortless, flowing collaboration between us, the the channel of genius and the source of genius itself, whatever you want to call that. Some people would call that their divine nature. Some people would call that the creator. Some people call that their guide. Some people call it their higher self. It's funny because I don't really care. (laughs) I'm enough of a pragmatist that I say, whatever you want to call the source of your genius is your personal relationship with that source. What interests me is what can we do with it? What are the results? How, what works? What really works? That's my lawyer self always comes back to. This is all great and gee whiz, but what works? What really creates support for real people? What makes us better partners, better spouses, better parents, better uh, business people in the world serving our clients? So I bet your friend was a transmitter. You know, I'm just getting this feeling the transmitter type on the soul gift quiz are the ones who are designed to just emit emit a radiant energy in the world. They're often the healers, the intuitives. And the truth is they are just here to stay as clear as they can so that they can radiate their energy. They tend to be really magnetic people that people want to be around. People tend to heal when they're around them, but they're sometimes the hardest to coach. That's what I'm feeling for you because transmitters kind of at some level, they know that they know that they are always giving value. And so they really kind of don't want to work for a living. They actually want to just have people acknowledge how magical they are and, or what visionaries they are and just sort of give them money. They often have a fantasy of being, of having a patron, because honestly, if our culture were wiser, we would identify these transmitter types as the healers that they are. And we would um, make sure that they're taken care of from the time they're little. Uh, You just described her perfectly. Yeah. She's a transmitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's fun because the little quiz, it's just like really simple. 
but it nails people. And then once they know that one aspect, their soul gift, suddenly so many other things like make sense. So when she hears this, she'll go, oh, that's why. That's why people look at me sometimes and go, why are you so lazy? Or why aren't you working harder? Why do you get so many massages? Why are you such a diva? You know, these are the sort of things that transmitters hear all the time and they're made to feel ashamed of what they are. Whereas what they really need to do is just to create a business where their clients have the excuse to pay them just to be in their emanation, because that's really what it's all about. So I've already shared that I was raised Catholic as well. And while I don't consider myself Catholic anymore, I do consider myself very Christian. However, in the last couple years, part of my journey has been realizing that just as you said, whatever you call this provider to you or the creator, and for me, being a Christian, God is that for me. And he makes me who I am and provides what I need and the ideas. So I know some people are confused or concerned about the, I don't want to say alignment. I know there's a better word, but the cohesiveness or the ability to mix Christian with, for lack of a better word, woo-woo, right? Can you give any thoughts about that for listeners who may be concerned? Absolutely. I I mean, mostly I want to express my fellowship with that concern because I love my Christian heritage. I love the Catholic tradition. There are so many things that I love about my church. And it was kind of painful for me when this gift came through and I could feel that it was God. I It was the same God that's always spoken to me through the Christ energy, through the church, through sitting in prayer. Like It's the same stuff, you know, and I could feel that in myself. And yet there were quite a few people in my community, including my folks, who were really concerned because a lot of our belief structures have assumptions like every other belief structure They have assumptions that, well, something that doesn't fit in the box, you know, is it safe? Is it okay? Is it still of God? Is it something scary? And what I came to for myself was God is love. And so as long as I can stay in alignment with God and really listening to this source in prayer, in And watching the results very carefully, that's what I would point to, is watch the results very carefully. I still remember my mom was super scared and super concerned when I had my change of thinking, my change of life, my change of faith. She was really scared. You know, is this the work of something dark? Is this bad? And and yet as she watched the effect I was having in the world and the effect on my family and the effect with my kids and the effect with friends, actually, who, who came to receive healing through my gift. She just just like, well, how could I deny that this is God, that this is good when people are healing and the family is healing and good things are coming of this? And it was that was kind of the turning point when she relaxed. And I was a liturgist in my church and I studied theology in grad school um, in addition to law. (laughs) And I now, as I go back and look at the scriptures, I see so many of the same metaphors of our invitation to open to the spirit of God, open to the wisdom of God, and to allow that wisdom to flow through us as an instrument. Make me a channel of your peace. So I found my own connection there. At the same time, I share a concern with a lot of religious, devout friends that 
sometimes woo-woo information ends up being a distraction from life. Sometimes if, like, for example, I had a friend who got really into past lives and she was you know, doing these things to vision what she was in past lives. And she got so into it that she withdrew from her relationships and sort of got distracted, you know, and I saw that and I thought, well, that's not it. That's, (laughs) I'm not not interested in using any spiritual gifts or energy awareness to distract from life. I am interested in using intuitive gifts and direct connection with my creator to to play the role that I feel I'm here to play. And so for me, it's cohesive. And I, I have deep respect and um, compassion and, and a listening ear for people who are looking for their own way to make sense, to make sense of these things. How you just put that is so beautiful. Thank you. Mm, yeah, thank you for asking. It's a deep heart connected topic. My ears perked and I know some listeners did as well when you were talking about clients that you've worked with. I mean, you mentioned Fortune 500. Mm -hmm. I just read Think and Grow Rich earlier this year for the first time Mm. ever. I can't believe Uh it took me this long. (laughs) And I especially love one section where he's talking about his, basically his cabinet, you know, all the people that sit on his board of advisors. Mm. Mm. And this book has been read by so many of the leaders in these Fortune 500 companies, and I know they've been inspired. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, especially those who aren't familiar with this and with soul gifts and intuitive and this whole arena, wouldn't even think to put the two together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people in the upper echelon of our business leadership world do not speak about this, even though they are practicing at some level exactly this. Why do you think that is? Wow. I, I think that, um, unfortunately in my mind, it's our divisiveness around religious belief. And what I mean by that is how culturally and religiously we have, many of us have held the belief that there's more than one God or that there's, that we're not all in alignment together, that there's some kind of a competition and that, and that the realm of, of listening to the non-physical world is completely dictated and codified by religion. And all I have to do is watch children play to know that's not true. (laughs) Because children are constantly speaking with their imaginary friends and receiving these amazing, creative, inspired ideas that are so full of love. And the place that children channel from, I believe, is very pure. And I believe that we all have the ability to tap that purity, that that original source of creative idea and that... We don't need to get quite so careful about that as to think it can only happen on Sundays or it can only happen if it's following the set of rules or it can only happen safely if it's by the name of this one deity or spirit or prophet or, uh, you know, there's so many limitations really on what I believe is our source, that, that which we are constantly connected to. And so I've noticed that those who have come to me seeking, and now I'm speaking to these 
powerful business leaders who have found me, they've, they've found me through friends. They've found me and been willing to speak with me because I'm a Stanford-educated lawyer person. Um, and they don't tend to want to call it uh, something spiritual. They know that it's there's something pragmatic here. And there is a fear, I think, a very potent and understandable fear that if people knew that they were running these huge businesses from from their belly, from their intuition, from their gut feeling, from the flow of ideas that that just like everybody descend in the quiet hours of the morning or in the shower or you know on vacation that somehow they would lose clout that they would lose reputation and yet there's a deep longing among those who are creating solutions in this world those who are creating products in this world like the devices that you hold in your hand every day like the apps and the things that we are all now relying on to communicate and to create in this world there is a deep longing in them too to make sure that what they are creating is in alignment and in integrity with the original inspiration, with their own purpose, with their own soul gift, with the purpose, the higher purpose of their company. I think it's easy in this culture with how things are run and the economics and the corporate culture to imagine that all the corporations and all of the higher up muckety mucks are all just about getting it for themselves. And that is just not true. They too, many of the people, quote unquote, at the top are longing for the assurance and the connection to know that the tremendous responsibility they have in the power that they wield is held in integrity and is used for the highest good. Can you take us on the journey, maybe, of a of a client of yours? Like, what have you seen happen while they've been working with you? And I guess another mm. way of asking the question is, as an intuitive business strategist, mm-hmm. what does that mean you do? Well, let's see. For example, so one client um, is a serial startup founder. You know, he just creates these amazing companies based on these downloaded ideas that are usually around communication and marketing. Um, And he's someone who has created companies in Silicon Valley. He's created companies on the East Coast. And when he came to me, he was feeling very overwhelmed by all the opportunities and things that he could be doing. He had people on both coasts sort of vying for his attention. And he was feeling... Ironically, much like your transmitter friend, he was feeling like there's too many ideas and there's where do I go? And now that I have all this impact and ability to draw resource, he felt even more pressure from his own values to make sure that he used that power well. So he was he was not well in his body at the time. He was (laughs) suffering from a lot of stress induced things, back pain and adrenal fatigue. And he was um, sometimes dropping into a depression because he felt overwhelmed and he just was longing for something deeper. He was starting to experience his own symptoms of awakening, dreams that seemed prophetic and very compelling callings inside of himself to do something bigger. And so we began working together and I would meet with him a couple of times a month, um, usually on video conference. And I would reflect for him first what his soul gift really was. 
right? And his soul gift is that of a creator. And that means that he is here to create systems, that which flows through him. It's a new organizing principle of how humans create and how money flows in this world. And when he really understood that, suddenly he had a filter through which to choose the projects and opportunities that were most on point with that. And then we looked at his life purpose. And with my gift, I can look into someone and see what has happened with them in terms of patterns around, for example, in this case, codependency and relational confusion. And I was able to express and reflect that back and have him get the validation saying, oh, my gosh, you're right. How did you know? (laughs) know? I could say, well, with this kind of appearance, I imagine you've probably experienced X, Y, Z over and over and over in your life. And he could say, oh, my gosh, you're right. And from that, I could say, well, that pattern has made you an expert in communication. So often it's the thing that we've struggled with over and over again that we've been challenged with. That is what I would call one's graduate degree of life. You know, wow, I've had this happen to me so many times. I feel like I have a graduate degree in codependence. And as we heal that, and then I could help him clear and heal that, then the the relational aspects, the the communication issues literally dissipate. They disappear from his surroundings. Suddenly he's meeting all the right people and he's working on a project that he cares more about than he's ever cared about anything. And so this is the kind of thing I do with people. And then as he continues to run the new project, I help him discern who are the right people, who else does he need, and what the next best steps are. Wow. I'm blown away. How can I get on your calendar? (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. What do you need? (laughs) Right? Right. So it's, it's like my intuitive self does a lot of the deeper diving and reflection and healing work. And then my lawyer self works with the intuitive self to, to create strategy and to advise on business strategy so that whatever was clarified through the intuitive part can be fully embodied, incarnated into the product that's being created or into the company that's being created, into the team that's being put together. It's that incarnation piece that I think is the key to truly incarnate make it real. Melissa, I'm sure I'm not the only one listening right now who's like, okay, seriously, how can I learn more and get in touch? Well, that's fantastic. So how how can they do that? Well, I would recommend that they would go first and take the Soul Gift Quiz. It's at soulgiftquiz.com, S-O-U-L, obviously, giftquiz.com, and, <clears throat> and feel into there. That first step will open quite a few doors of understanding. It's helped thousands of people around the world already. And it's something that's free and easy. It only takes a couple minutes. It's got pretty pictures. It's like, you know, I made, I make things fun because I figure if it's not fun, why bother? And then they will be in touch with me, you know, especially if they give me their email in there, then they will be in direct touch with me and we can talk about what they most need. I do a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And I have kind of a range of ways to work with people according to where they're at. So mostly I just want everyone to have the benefit of knowing what they're really here for. And the soul gift quiz is a great place to start in knowing what you're really here for and therefore what you're not here for. And you can just stop working against your gift. 
that in itself is beautiful. Mm, thank you. I love that. This has been an absolute pleasure. I want to thank you mm. for being here, Melissa. Listeners, if you're not able to write down soulgiftquiz.com right now, you can visit the show notes page at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP180. However, that's probably even going to be more difficult to remember than, <laughs> <laughs> than Soul Gift Quiz. Mm. And you'll be able to get any of the all the resources, the books that we've mentioned and more there as well. Melissa, I just want to say thank you one more time. Do you have a parting piece of advice that you could give to listeners? My parting piece of advice would be don't make it complicated. <laughs> it's right here all the time. Your genius is just waiting to channel through you. And when you know what your soul gift is, what you're really here for, you can feel safe opening and collaborating directly with that source. It's your birthright. It's natural and it's simple.